0: morning. I missed my cue, sorry. Uh, how many of you have had the pleasure of going into the hotel room and opening the drawer to find the Gideon's Bible? How many of you? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Hey, hey man, hey man. I, I rate my hotels, those of you who don't know. I have the the pleasure of traveling around the Caribbean and almost every hotel I go to, the first thing I do is I pull the drawer open. And if the hotel has a Gideon Bible, I know it's a good hotel. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, it's Christmas. Officially, right? Uh, we just got past Thanksgiving and uh, it's, it's Christmas. Uh, I think we've been playing officially Christmas carols in our house since September. So we've, we've been celebrating Christmas for a long time. Uh, you always can tell when it's Christmas because uh, uh, you can tell on the children's television. Uh, uh, all the commercials now no longer trying to sell you joy and tide; they're selling you toys. You you know when it's Christmas. And, and what what does that do? What does that do for us when we see those toy commercials? All right, children, don't answer that. No. For us adults, our wallets start sweating, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And the whole idea behind the whole thing is to get us, you know, this whole Black Friday phenomenon and everybody and their grandma uh, uh, is in the States now just shop until they drop. And the idea is to uh, cash in on the big sales, right? Um, um Uh, We'll we'll talk about that in in a few minutes. But it it is Christmas, right? It is Christmas. You know what? Let's open up in prayer and uh, see where the good Lord leads in the time that he's given us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity you've given us to fellowship in your word. Oh God, settle all of our hearts. There are many of us, dear God, who came here this morning with a laundry list, a to-do list, even today. Uh, meals to finish preparing, family members to visit, and etc. and etc. Oh God, we ask that you just slow our hearts down, slow our minds down. Allow us to put aside those baggages just ever so briefly, so that we, including me, dear God, can hear your word and have our lives transformed by it. Oh God, settle us. Take now the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts and make them acceptable to you and you alone. Oh, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 With the time given to me, and I understand that um, uh, uh, time is a very valuable asset. And so what I wanted to do, especially... As we go into this wonderful time of the year, as a matter of fact, it's the most wonderful time of the year, as the song says, uh, Mona Lisa and I share this, uh, the birth, our birthdays in the same month in December. Um, I am 11 days older than her, and so every once in a while she steps out of line. I have to remind her that I am her elder, even though by 11 days, seniority counts. Um, but December is a crazy time. It's it's it goes by so quickly. School gets out. The children are home. Um, uh, meals are being prepared. Uh, menus are being sorted out. Uh, super Value and all the stores are going to be jam packed. Kids are home from from college. And uh, if you like Jasmine, Jasmine can't wait. Jasmine said, "Daddy, I could smell the turkey bacon." The child's got problems. But but the thing is. We, we are all anticipating this time of the year and for a lot of us, it's probably a very intimidating time, isn't it? Because we see, we go into stores, we go shopping, and we see things we want and, and things tight. I thought it was only me. And so, how, do you, how, do we, how are we going to, to, to get Through this, how do we uh, get through this time, not just even Christmas time, but maybe even 2016 and 2017 and beyond. How do we get through this in 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 a right mindset and in a way that God still gets the glory? I don't know. If you would, I would like for you to turn your attention to Paul's letter to the Church of Philippians or the Church of Philippi. And even though it's four chapters long, um, Philippians is a thank you note that the Apostle Paul has written to this church. Time wouldn't permit us, but Paul first encountered these kind folks in Philippi when he was on his second missionary journey. And uh, as would be the case, as would be Paul's modus of operation, as he would go through Uh, city after city, he would seek out a synagogue. He would seek out the Christ followers, those who believed in Jesus Christ. And Philippi was no different, and he had met a certain group of people, and they were meeting, and unfortunately there was this lady, this female, who was going ahead of Paul and Silas, and she was saying something to the effect that she said, Behold, these men are servants of the Most High God. For whatever reason, well, we know the reason, the lady was... uh, They said she had... The scripture says that she had a spirit of divination. She, She... Anyway, she wasn't working for the right set of people. And so... This statement that this lady had made about Paul and Silas agitated Paul so much that Paul rebukes this evil spirit in her. And the men who used to make money off of her now are upset. And they throw Paul and Silas into prison. You know the story. Uh, Paul and Silas, they're, they're whooped. They're placed in the darkest part of the dungeon. They start to sing uh boy, that must have been a serious prayer meeting. But anyway, um the, the the there's an earthquake and um the chains fall off and 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 nobody runs. Brother Joe, if the if the if the jail doors swing open at Foxville Prison, what's gonna happen? <laughs> Don't answer that. So so the prison guard is about to kill himself and 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 Paul says to the, to the dude, says, Listen, don't kill yourself, we're all here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Four. One, two, three, four. They're all here. And that was the start of this church in Philippi. And so this church was intimately acquainted with Paul and his sufferings, so much so that as Paul continues on his journeys, um, and you know, everywhere Paul went, he got into trouble. That was just his ministry. And so Paul years later finds himself in Rome under house arrest. Handcuffed to one possibly two uh, uh, Praetorian guards. And word has gotten back to Philippi. To the church in Philippi that Paul's in trouble. And so in faithfulness to this man who was partly responsible for starting the church they, just start, they started to send the hat around. And what they did was they sent a love gift to Paul. Now I don't know about you. Uh, if you've ever done any research as to the way Roman prisons are. It's not the most comfortable place to want to hang out. Fortunately in Paul's case if you read it correctly in Acts chapter 20, 18 I think it is. Uh, 18 and following. It seems as if Paul was allowed to have his own rented quarters, but he can't go as he please. Like I said, he's handcuffed to one, possibly two, praetorian guards. So how do you earn an income? How do you you get the necessities of life met? And the church of Philippi was meeting that need. And so Philippians is Paul's thank you note to the church. If I got a, a, a thank you note four chapters long, I'm going to be concerned. But see, that was not unusual in the church that day. I'm only trying to put you in context so we get, when we get to chapter four, you'll understand why Paul says what he says. For example, in chapter one, Paul of Philippians, in chapter one, Paul says in verse 12, he says, now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances, my imprisonment, have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. So that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole praetorian guard and to everyone else. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you, Paul wasn't just sitting there singing, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. He's witnessing the people. So he gets handcuffed to a praetorian guard all day. Guess what's going to happen to that guard? Somebody's going to get the gospel. As a matter of fact, if you swing over to chapter 4 as Paul ends his letter, listen to how he he ends his letter. In verse 21 of chapter 4, Paul says, Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. Listen to this in verse 22. He says, all the saints greet you, especially those from where? from Caesar's household I wonder how did Caesar's household get Christians in it Paul maybe the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you so in in chapter 1 Paul says he says listen he's telling the church don't worry about me don't be so concerned about me guess what's happening the gospel's going forth as a matter of fact Sixteen times in this short letter, Paul says, Rejoice. Sixteen times in four chapters, Paul says, Rejoice. Look at chapter 1. I have you going back and forth, back and forth. You're going to be just like Ananias and, 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 and that one was sending Jesus back and forth. Alright, in chapter 1, listen to what Paul says. He says in uh, verse 15, uh, sorry, let's continue from verse 14. He says, And that most of the brethren, trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Paul says, Some to be sure are preaching Christ, even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaimed Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. Here's what Paul is saying, "Listen, I'm in prison. I'm locked up. I can't come and go as I please. but guess what? The gospel is going forth. Some are preaching the gospel uh, 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 out of zeal, and knowing that the gospel is going to go forth, there are some who are preaching the gospel thinking it's going to cause me problems. Listen to what Paul says. Listen to his mindset. Verse 18, he says, What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And listen to what he says. In this, I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. I call Philippians the happy letter. um, Because every time you turn around, Paul's telling us, rejoice. As a matter of fact, he goes on to say, he says, according to my earnest expectation and hope. Verse 20 that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ will even now as always be exalted in my body, whether I live or whether I die. And then there's that all familiar verse that we've been made to memorize if we've spent any time in Sunday school. He says, for to me to live is, and to die is gain. All through Philippians... Paul is telling his listeners his, the, the, the persons who are going to read this the persons who are going to hear this he says it's all about Christ end of discussion but wait a minute brother Paul he's not doing well we've been hearing rumors that they've been beating him and we've been hearing rumors that he hasn't been able to eat and we've been hearing rumors that he can't uh, get warm and we've been hearing all these things and what, what, is, what is foremost on Paul's mind? Christ Christ and Christ alone. And then his mindset, the audacity Paul has, he says, rejoice. As a matter of fact, over in chapter 2, so, so if, you, if you wanted a chapter theme for chapter 1, you could say, Paul says, Christ is my life. That's it. For to me, to live is Christ. To die is gain. In chapter 2, as we, get, as we make a march or trek toward chapter 4, uh, chapter 2, Paul says, listen, Uh, uh, I don't know what you've been hearing. I don't know what the rumors are. I don't know what the Jerusalem punch has been saying. But he says, Christ is my example. Listen to what he says. He says in verse uh, 1, chapter 2, he says in verse 3, he says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Where did he get that idea from? We'll see in a couple of verses. He says, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Verse 5, slow down. Have this attitude, Paul says, in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. What attitude was that? Verse 6, who, that's referring to Christ, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But listen to what Christ did. Christ emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, Christ humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Paul says, I don't know what you've been hearing. I don't know what you've been listening to, but Christ is my life. He also says, Christ is my example. It's all about Christ. And in that I'm gonna rejoice. In chapter three, as we move on, Paul says, and this is this is a crazy passage, and I wish we had time to, if I can teeth the word that Pastor Rob says, I wish we could unpack this, but time does not permit us. In chapter three, Paul says, Christ is my goal. That's what I'm striving for. That's what I'm reaching for. I haven't gotten it there yet, but that is what I'm reaching for. I don't know what you've heard. But here you will be able to read and see with my own handwriting. I'm okay. The gospel is going forth. Christ is my life. I'm going to rejoice. Christ is my example. I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to think of others first. Brother, you know about the gospel. Do you know about Jesus Christ? Can I share him with you? No, go away. Please. No, go away. Well, you know what? You're handcuffed to me. I'm going to tell you anyway. Paul had a captive audience, didn't he? They thought he was locked up. So he says, Christ is my life. Christ is my example. Chapter 3, he says, Christ is my goal. And then we get to chapter 4, where he says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, chapter 4, verse 1, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, In this way he says stand firm in the Lord my beloved. I urge Udia and Sintiki to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed true companion I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel. Together with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of of life. Listen to what he says in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord. How often? And again, he says, just in case you didn't get it, and again I say, Rejoice. wow. I got a question. If this was you or I locked up, how many of you got your MP's number on speed dial? No, no, don't answer that one. Don't, but, but we would have been calling somebody... We would no friends in high places or in low places, but we would want to be doing what? Getting out, wouldn't we? And what is Paul's heart here? I'm okay. The gospel's going out. I'm going to rejoice. Christ is my life. Christ is my example. Christ is my goal. That's what I'm pressing for. And he says, this is what you should be. This is where your heart should be. Now, how on earth does this apply to us today? Because Christmas coming and the geese is getting fat, and we're being inundated with stuff. I I saw I saw a car today. No kidding, I saw a car today, and, and the person speaking. Um, I mean, y'all remember Night Rider? The the, the I'm sorry folks, we probably dating ourselves, those of we raise our hands. This was about in the 80s. it was this car that talked, right? Well, well, I I, I was next to a car that, this morning that not only did it talk, but but the person it, it had a, a speakerphone in the car. It was a hands-free kind of gizmo, and you could talk to the person, and the person talked back to you. And and I was like, wow. So I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking, coming, coming to church this morning. And I was like, boy, Lord, <laughs> be nice to have one of those. It's all around us, isn't it? You go to the food store and you go and looking for crackers, just regular crackers, but they got all kinds of flavors of crackers today, don't they? You get the high end stuff the high end stuff, you know, you know, like the Graham Crackers. That's the name brand, right? Seven ninety nine. Right? Or you could get the don't let the secret out, right? We'll not call names. But we, we get the least the there's the, the least expensive option, right? I have the opportunity to fellowship with pastors and church leaders around the Caribbean, and sometimes it's a daunting task because uh, you have to get through all of the stuff. Every once in a while, though, I can get in the flesh. Patrick, I want you to meet Bishop So and So. I mean, they they walk in they walk in the room, and the angels from heaven are going ah. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I vividly remember flying into Miami one day and, you know, I'm like, you know, Bishop Rutherford, that's got a neat ring to it. I don't know where I'd use it, but the point I'm trying to make is we all struggle with this. There's this, there's this tension of being not happy with where we are, with what we have, is the point I'm trying to make. Uh, I can buy a cheaper pair of tennis or I can buy the $250 pair. And as I was reliably informed, even the $250 pair is the cheaper pair nowadays. But anyway, you get the picture. And here's what Paul is saying in chapter 4. He says, Christ is my satisfaction. He's told us in chapter 1 that Christ is his life. For to me, he says, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. In chapter two, he says, Christ is my example. I am going to follow him. I'm going to treat others more highly than I treat myself. Boy, that'd be a new idea this Christmas—treating others more highly than ourselves. But anyway, this is a message for Philippi, not for, for, for Calvary. But he says, Christ is my life. Christ is my example. Christ is my goal. As a matter of fact, what he says, listen, to what he says, he says in chapter three, he says, not that I've already attained it. Or have already become perfect. But I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by, in Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. Where? In Christ Jesus. That's my goal this Christmas. That's my goal. End of discussion. I am pressing, I am reaching... In, in the Baptist church I grew up, you know, every once in a while you get happy in Jesus and you want to sing a song. I'll just tell you the words. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights we're gaining every day. Oh, I hear some Baptist people in here. But anyway, but, 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 but Christ is my life. Christ is my example. Christ is my goal. And Paul says, Christ is my satisfaction. Well, Rutherford, where do you get that from? Drop down to verse 8, chapter 4. He says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true... You know what? That clock is playing games with me. Is that saying uh, 1 o'clock already? Okay, good, good, good. Because we got till 2, right? He says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely... Whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, or if anything worthy of praise, he says, dwell on these things. What things? The things that you have learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me. Paul says, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. He says, but I rejoice. There's that rejoice word again. He says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at last you have revived your concern for me. He finally gets to the thank you. And then he says. Indeed you were concerned before. But you lacked an opportunity. Not that I speak from want. For I have learned to be what? Content in whatever circumstances I am. Where is brother Paul? He is imprisoned. Under house arrest. He can't come and go as he pleased. Anybody ever feel imprisoned by their circumstances? Well, I don't have the right family. My, I, don't, I don't have the right parents. I don't go to the right school. I'm in, I'm in the wrong marriage. I go to the wrong church. I live in the wrong community. I, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you with me? And Paul says, I have learned to be content. Where? In whatever circumstances, I am. You know the idea behind the word content? Happy. Satisfied. Satisfied with what you have or satisfied with where you are. I just want to let it sit in there for a little bit more. Satisfied with what you have, he says, not that I speak from want or according to want or out of want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. He says, I know how to get along with humble means. And I also know how to live in prosperity, In any and every circumstance, Paul goes on to say, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having an abundance and suffering need. Then he says in verse 13, here's the reason why, because I can do, I can be content, I can be happy, I can be satisfied with what I have because it's Christ or because it's through Christ who strengthens me. Now, you've got to understand something. Philippians 4.13 was a favorite verse of mine, especially uh, as I played a lot of sports. There was a dark, crazy day when I finally made the finals of an event. And it just so happened that two uh, young men, uh, runners, no, they weren't runners. These guys were subhuman. One was named Mark Johnson. The other one was named Boy Blue. I find myself in a race and I'm looking at both of them and see what you gotta understand between Mark Johnson and Boy Blue, Mark would set the record one weekend, Boy Blue would come the next weekend and set another record. Mark would come back and set a record and Boy Blue would come and this was back and forth. And I said earlier that it was a dark day. Because when you have eight or nine runners who made the finals, and everybody's talking about how or where third place is going to finish. They're not, nobody knows what's going to happen to first and second because it's back and forth. And there was a sense that people felt sorry for the six other competitors. I was one of the six. <laughs> I remember getting in the blocks and I'm saying, Lord, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I asked the Lord for wings Because I wanted to beat Mark Johnson By the way, Mark was my cousin I wanted to beat Boy Blue See, NCA See, some of y'all looking at me like NCA, what that is? <laughs> N- see, you got to understand This was a great opportunity to put NCA on the map But Anton over there laughing at me Because he's one of them sack fellas, you know? But I wanted to put NCA on the map and I'm in the starting block and the man said, runners on your mark. I prayed brother Jerry, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed God give me the strength to beat these fellas. In Jesus name, amen. I was still praying when the gun went off. And I went home so angry, I can tell y'all but I finished. I went home so angry, so angry with God because I prayed it, I prayed the prayer I even used a verse in the Bible. And God let me down. So when you hear that verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you hear it again, rejoice in it in its context. The context Paul is talking about is about being content. Being happy with where you are. I got a question for you as I close. Boy, Christmas, if you ain't ready yet, it here... Sister Denise world. I hope you're not too mad at me. I get, I get anxious when I'm around Sister Denise She's the grammarian But it's here And what are we going to do Are we going to allow ourselves To be buffeted by all the stuff I just came back from Bermuda Last week And um, Bermuda is an interesting little island It's stuck I mean literally out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean When you hear about hurricane warnings so from Bermuda, you all pray Because there ain't even nothing to hold on to in Nassau, at least if they move Nassau to Andres Nassau will run into Andres and at least we'll survive, right? Bermuda is nothing, right? And so, here I am in Bermuda, we're driving around Do you know they, the, the, the there's... Well, I didn't see any traffic in Bermuda No traffic So, at this point I'm about ready to get charismatic because I'm like, praise God. You know, one traffic, one one car per family, right? And um, everybody else rides a little scooter. Cadmiel would love riding around Nassau on a scooter. Just pray for him. But anyway, um, it was just a neat little island. And, And Mona Lisa said to me, she says, Patrick, so how's Bermuda? And I said, well, sweetie, if I ever, ever go missing, you know where to find me. Oh, I got on that plane flying back from Bermuda. I was like, Lord, you know what? This would be a good place to set up a ministry. There's always that spirit of discontentment running around in our lives. Paul could have gotten it. But what does Paul tell the church? And what is the example he can leave for us? He says, I have learned to be content in my circumstances. He says, I can live high on the hog. And I can live... Without the hog. I could live, live with $100 in my pocket, or I could live with $1 in my pocket. Either way, I'm going to be happy because it's all about Christ. But, Rutherford, you don't know the wife I live with. Be content. It could be wise. But, Rutherford, you don't know the husband. Same thing, be content, but live, live in that contentment, live in that circumstance, in a way that God and all and sundry who get to watch. See, it's all about Christ, it's got nothing to do with you. But than you don't know the children or the grandchildren. Put your name there. Learn how to be satisfied. As a matter of fact, here's another definition. It says, uh, to place a limit... On oneself. As a matter of fact, the idea is that the the, the idea is I can live with ten dollars, and if I can if I get a thousand dollars, I can still live as if I had ten dollars. One of the things that one of the mistakes that we make here in the Bahamas is as our pay increases, what happens? Christ is my life. Christ is my example. Christ is my goal. And Christ is going to be the one who makes me satisfied. Where are you going to be? How are we going to grunt through this season and do it in such a way that God gets all the honor, all the glory, all the praise? How many of you remember Having to wake up in the wee hours of the morning to hush a crying baby. Oh, 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 I heard those groans. Darren, how you doing, brother? (laughs) Being happy in the circumstance that you are in. It ain't going to always be that way. Christ is my life. Christ is my example. Christ is my goal. Christ is my satisfaction. Pray with me. Father in heaven, we give you all the honor, all the glory, all the praise. I ask, O God, that the words now of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you and you alone. God, give us occasion to think of others and think of others more highly than we do ourselves. Give us occasion to live in such a way, dear God, that people would see our joy for you, that we are indeed followers of Jesus Christ. And oh God, strengthen us. Strengthen us to the point, dear God, that no matter what our circumstances we find ourselves in, whether at work, whether at home, whether on the ball field, whether in the classroom, whether on the streets in traffic or in the grocery store, dear God, that we will find contentment in you. Father, we ask these things for your in and your great glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.